0: Welcome to another episode of The Mind of Reese. I am your host, Reese. Um, Today I'm like, just got out of the shower, you know, drinking my coffee and just enjoying this beautiful view right now on a Sunday. Um, I'm recording this anyway on a Sunday. I just had like this, I don't know, this want and need to just jump on here and get a little deep about certain things. Um, Today, definitely want to talk about you know, how I got here and um, basically the importance of fear being the fear being freedom and, you know, basically investing in my own business and how much I spend and all these kinds of things. So um, because a lot of people ask me how I got here and it didn't come without a lot of evolving and changing. And when we get into the uncomfortable, the uncomfortable means fear and fear kind of either drives us away from the thing that we're trying to do or or we can continue to move forward in spite of the fear. And so um so yeah, so like when I was in my 20s, I was 22 when I found out I could draw. I was I was an accountant uh for a firm in LA and um we went to like a wine and paint night and You know, at this time, I think I was looking for, like, hobbies just to have for myself because, you know, I did love my job. Like, I loved being an accountant. I really – I love numbers. It's, like, black and white. You know, it's either right or wrong. And um, I was pretty good at my job, you know. And uh, so I was, like, doing ballroom dancing and I was doing – all of these things outside, like rock climbing and all of these like hobby things. I was like trying to find my hobby, trying to find something outside of work that made me happy because I've, you know, I've grown up to believe that work, you know, the more you work, the more success you'll be, the more successful you'll be, and the more money you make, the more successful you be, um, the more productive you are, the more successful you'll be. So it's like all of these things kind of led me to you know, being in a big corporate job, uh, college, high school, all these things. Like I was always a straight A student. So it was just one of those, that's what was ingrained into my mind through family, societal conditioning and things like that. So um, I wanted to find something outside of me that, you know, that I could just have. It was really hard though because everything that I had ever done, even ballroom dancing, like I even thought, I'm like, how can I monetize this? Like, how can I make money doing this? Because I always want to do it was always innate in me to do things that I'm passionate about. My dad, uh, my biological father, he's a he's a, an entrepreneur. And so he every time he didn't like the thing he was doing, he would switch. He would just constantly switch. And the stability there was really rough for us as kids. Um, love him for doing that because it doesn't make me do the things that I do and just send it and really just – dive deep into the thing that i love and see what i can do with it and see how i can monetize it but as a kid i didn't really under i was like oh my gosh it's always feeling so unstable but i didn't really understand that so i got into accounting for the stability of it for like i was like i want a 9 to 5 job i want to be in corporate i can i can climb that corporate ladder and i did i actually i became like director of finance at the age of like 21 and i owned i mean i owned i um i ran a, an entire department right you know so just it was insane I'm young 21 what do I know about anything so running a department telling people what to do you know it was just like I that's what I wanted and I had gotten there so quickly and then when I realized I was like oh this isn't that fulfilling but I didn't really understand what fulfillment meant at that time I think when we're young we think everything outside of us is fulfilling and so we just kind of keep grabbing and going towards the things that we think outside of us is going to make us happy and so I ended up you know, uh finding art. And when I realized I was actually pretty good at it, the teacher there, he was an Armenian teacher, he could barely speak English, and all he would say is like prodigy, prodigy. And I was like, Oh, me, a prodigy? Like what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so um I kind of just rolled with it and went went for it. And so as I started getting back into as I started getting into art, which was really funny because I was dating someone at the time, um a like probably my longest uh, relationship I had ever been in was I think we were like at four years. I, I had broken up with him and I was like, I only want to focus on art and I'm going to focus on this and um, I don't need anybody stopping me or holding me back. And that's like I did that. So I, I broke up with him and later we got back together. But like I, I, I needed my own time for like, I think it was like seven months, seven, eight months. And I hold myself up in an apartment. Actually, I had actually lived in my car for a few months at this time because I was like, okay, I really want to go full ham into um into art. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, and I can always fall back to because I was always the fallback plan in my mind, and it was the thing I told like my family, like I'm gonna fall back on art. I mean, I'm sorry, I fall I'll fall back on accounting if I ever need to, and. What's funny is that I told them that, but I knew in the back of my mind that I would never go back. And my family was, they thought I was crazy. Of course, they thought I was crazy. You have a stable job. You're making a ton of money for a 21-year-old, 22-year-old. Like, you know, my mother, you know, she's, she was, you know, came straight off the boat from the Philippines. So it's like, you know, stability was like ingrained into her. She's like, no, sta- stable, like you come to America to be stable, to get a good job, to do the thing. So, um, so yeah. So when I quit, I, my my family kind of, uh, they stopped talking to me for a second and not a long time, but just enough time to, they thought that that would be the way to get me to do what they wanted me to do. Like, you know, it's, how do we know any better? So it's like, they stopped talking to you because they're like, okay, um, she's doing something crazy. Let's stop talking to her. Hopefully she'll come back to her senses and, Obviously not. And so (laughs) a good thing too. And obviously they're so proud of me now, but um, it's one of those things where I was like, I'm just going to send it. So lived in my car for a little bit. Um, I was, I was already a heavily tattooed accountant. And so I really just wanted to be in that realm. And as I had the guts to start asking, um, and as I started getting tougher skin because I got so many no's I was just like oh fuck it I'm just gonna keep asking I'm gonna keep going I did um you know I went from like art shows to painting in bars to just selling prints for five bucks a piece so that I could just get my name out there and getting myself into a lot of artist communities in LA which were there there were a ton so it was um really cool. And then I started, you know, like my name was starting to build in certain, uh, circles and certain artistic circles. And I was like, okay, so I was getting invited more to more things and, um, just, yeah, getting my name out there. And finally, one day I, you know, I was invited to a, uh, an art show in Canoga park by a friend of mine named the artist. Uh, the art of sketch actually. The reason why my name is the Art of Reese is because he had his the art of sketch and so <laughs> I love you <these> sketch. <laughs> he um kind of like put me in that mind that. I was like, I love this because it's not just tattooing. It was like all of my art. And um yeah he had invited me to a an art show and um I didn't want to go. It was in Kenoga Park. It was in the middle of nowhere. I was like, ugh I don't want to go to this but there was something inside of me that just kind of went for it. And I and all of these moments are intuitive. Like I'm not realizing that I'm listening to my intuition, but I just felt it in my bones to just go for it. And knowing myself, I, I've, I've always grown up thankfully to just know that if I, if I put my, if I put myself into this, I can do it. Like in school, straight A's, my, you know, like running and sports. Like I was never really good at anything, but I knew I could get good if I just tried. And so that was something that was always innate in me that I knew about myself. I didn't know, like I couldn't say it out loud and be like, oh yeah, like, you know, put me in the fire and I'll I'll, I'll figure it out. You know, it's like one of those things, but I just, I just knew that. So so when I you know, I get to this Canoga Park place and I'm just like, okay, got here, did the thing and selling some prints and some guy comes up to me and he's like, have you ever thought about tattooing? And this was like pff, three years after, two to three years after. So I was like about 25 and it was real close to my birthday. And so um, I was like, oh my gosh, I've been looking forever. I've been getting turned down by everybody. Nobody wanted to teach me. And which is, it's tough. Like- First off, nobody, nobody wants to take the time to teach someone, you know, it's, it is tough and especially females. It's like, you know, there is this level of, it's not, I don't really believe it's like, oh, it's just a boys club. But I do think that there was this level too when people were telling me, you no. Know, they're like, you know, like we can't like fuck around with you as much as we could a guy. Like, you know what I mean? I think that there was that level too. Like there were some guys that were just misogynistic and fucking idiots. And that you know, it's just made me feel like oh, this is a boys club, I'm going to kick the fucking door down. Like that was my mindset. After one guy told me that like girls don't draw, I was like, are you a Neanderthal? Are you a fucking idiot? Like (laughs) that was my mind. (laughs) Now I'm not so, now I don't really think that way. I just, I'm like, I just have so much compassion for people because I've studied the mind so much that I just understand the psychology behind why people react the way that they do. But like at the time. I was like, oh motherfucker, like I'm gonna kick your ass. Like, tell me again I can't draw. And it all it did was put fire under my ass. And now, you know, obviously 10 years later, here we are. But um, but yeah, so I so so there was like, you know, there's all these things about women being in the industry. And this guy that had asked me actually, it was funny because he was just like, No, we need we need like more femme energy because we want more people to come into the shop. So he actually had a really good headspace about it. Behind, you know, like he understood a little bit about like marketing. You know, it was like he didn't really think of it like this was marketing. He just was like, I I work for a fucking gangster shop with a bunch of fucking hood rap motherfuckers. And we need a girl in here just to kind of soften the place up so that when people come in, they're not fucking afraid of everybody in here because everybody's bald headed, you know, cholo status, you know? <laughs> and so, so then you got little old me. And then, um, so yeah, so he was like, he had the right mindset, which kudos for me because like now I got my foot and my little tiny little toe in the door. And, um, so there's like this fear in me so like how how I got to this point was just like feeling the fear and sending it anyway. So it's like I quit my job cold turkey just feeling the fear and knowing like holy fuck like but like there was always this logic logical and practicality side to my mind that was just like cuz I didn't quite understand law of attraction law of action like manifestation. I didn't quite understand those things at the time. I I I was never like brought up into the to, into the woo, as most people are in California, and especially nowadays, but like I just I had the logical side to me that was like, "Listen, I'm really good with my money. I used to be an accountant. I saved all this money. You know, I was going to take a trip, but I never did take that trip. Why? Probably for this, So I'm going to save all this money. I'm going to use student loans. So I was in school for fine art and I was saving, I had saved all this money. I lived in my car on purpose so that I could save money, not paying LA rent, you know, at the time it was like $13.50 for two bedrooms. So like really cheap at the time (laughs) you think about now. (laughs) But, um, so it's like, yeah, so I was, I had all these like practical sides to me, but then I also knew that like I would make it. I just have this innate ability that like, there's no, there's no ifs, ands or buts about it. Like I'm either going to become an art teacher that teaches art history and paints all day long and is poor and whatever, or I'm going to become a tattoo artist. So either way, I was going to end up in the art, art business. I had enough money to save. I would use student loans and just use my whole life to pay it off, you know? And, um, so that's, that was, That was the mindset. There were two options. There was no option to going back to accounting. There was no option going back to corporate. Definitely no option to working for somebody else other than myself at this point. Um, And so I, so as I got into the tattoo industry, I was like, okay, felt the fear. got did it anyway. Now I'm in. And now I'm fucking scared because I've never, I tried tattooing oranges. I was just like, there's just no way. Like I cannot, I cannot teach myself how to do this. Like I need guidance. And I've always known innately that I need guidance there's a lot of people out there that just like yeah fuck it I'll just send it and do it and whatever like for me I am a school person if I could get paid to go to school I would do that (laughs) too as well as all the other things that I'm doing Um, but it's just one of those things inside of me that I know I love guidance and I've always loved guidance and I think that there was a part of me because I've I just I know that the fastest way to get from A to B was through help from someone that knows better, that has had experience. And so I've just known that, you know, I just knew that innately. And so finally into the business, scared shitless, you know, these guys, great guys, great guys. Um, you know, they knew some stuff about tattooing 10 years later in hindsight, obviously there's a lot, there was a lot I could have learned but this was my opportunity. I don't give a fuck. Thank you guys. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. I am so proud to be a part of the SoCal Tattoo Vibes. Like that was the name of the tattoo shop was SoCal Tattoo. So um, yeah, so like it, they didn't know. They, most of them learned in jail, you know, and these guys were pretty hard motherfuckers. You know, I'm not going to talk about all the other things that happened because I'm not going to put that out in the, out in the fucking public space, but there were a lot of things like Reese coming from a corporate background into like, uh, like the hood shop, like this shop was pretty gnarly. We had, I mean, like the names of everybody in there was like Droopy, Pewee, Cranky, Sup, Tato, like these, these were the names, like we had all these like gangster nicknames and I loved it. I was just like, wow, this is so fascinating. And I, you know, and I felt so cool. <laughs> you know and i was i was pretty tattooed at the time especially for an accountant but now in the industry i yeah, i had a full sleeve back piece and you know something on my neck and i was just like yeah i felt like super cool but not as heavily tattooed as i am today so i start to learn they literally they were like well Reese you draw so well because i was in fine art school so like i i'm the only one in the shop that's pretty that's classically trained in fine art and or, is getting classically trained in fine art. And so, um they were like, "Well, I mean, you can draw on paper all day long, but honestly, what you need to do is switch your medium. and you know, all, you know, tattooing is fine art, painting, drawing, watercolor, um, iPad designing, you know, I consider it all fine art. I consider it all art. It's just the medium you choose that makes you passionate about the thing. So for me, the medium, at the time was painting. I was a painter. I could paint portraits like a crazy lady. Like I I was really good at it. I, I was really surprised that I was really good at it. But I I I studied day in and day out. It wasn't just an innate ability. Yes, I I knew when I finally touched a paintbrush that, that was that was the direction I needed to go in. That's that's that point of passion. But it still comes with a lot of action and hard work. And I put in the fucking time you know, I, again, like I broke up with the boyfriend. I, um, I hold up into a space where all I did was eat, sleep, drink, you know, snort hard. (laughs) That's what I did. And it was just like, that's was my whole life. It was, I needed to make it or no, there was no, or there was just, I just needed to make it. And so, yeah. So like I got, I, I became really good really fast And, um, you know, we're talking about two to three years in art and was already drawing and painting portraits and, um, getting straight A's in a private college, Academy of Art University, which is is San Francisco, but, um, is a private college where the grading scale is really fucking tough and it's really expensive to go there. So they're, cause they only want really, you know, like focused people. And so, yeah, so it was pretty, it was tough and, um, but I like tough. I'm fucking I'm game like push me and I'll push back harder like that's my jam that's always been my mentality and um so yeah so I ended up they gave me a machine they were like here Reese go um taught me (laughs) as much as they could and I love them for it because it got me where I am today you know I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for those things but yeah definitely not (laughs) not all the right technical ways of doing things you definitely had to re break bad habits over time and realize you know those kinds of things and, and as I tried to get into nobody knew realism really in, in, in this shop and so I am learning how to do like traditional and um, like lettering and things like that and it was it was tough because I just wanted to do realistic but realism and tattooing is so hard, especially if you don't have a mentor that actually knows how to do it. And, um, so it just became like a really long, long, long road to get to realism. So I just, you know, kept moving from, so I went from being tattooing at, in LA and then I, so the accounting firm that I used to work for was called Casting Network. And it was a online company for actors casting directors, uh, directors, um, producers, all the things like instead of having to do all these auditions, you this was like the first online space for actors just to have like their videos and their pictures and their resumes. And um, as a young kid, like I did a little child acting. And so, um, yeah, you know, even my child face was on here because they had agents I gave them all the thing and we we downloaded all of their data and it's all in this database and, you know, now we have all these actors. So um, why I'm talking about this is because my face was always on, always on this database. My, you know, I, I used to have an agent as a kid. Like I, you know, it was like a, it was a thing back then. I didn't want to be an actor. I actually told my dad I never wanted to be on TV again, which is it's pretty funny thinking back now because I was like, I never want to be on TV again because I was like, get away from me. I, I don't want to do this anymore. And, um, yeah. And then I, you know, <laughs> then I quit acting, uh, young. And, um, what's funny about that is that although my photo was on here, I pretty sure now I'm not going to say that this was exactly what it was, but I'm pretty sure that's how I was found by a casting director who's actually really amazing. And he's still like a good friend of mine to this day, but two years into the business, this, I get this message via Facebook, and it's like, hey, have you ever, you know, we want you for this audition, da 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 and it didn't even have my real name, so obviously it was like a copy and paste. It's like, hey, Tiffany, like, have you ever thought about being on TV? And I I think I got like three of them, and then I finally wrote back, and I was like, hey, can you stop emailing me this spam shit? Like, no. And they were like, actually, no, Reese, um, this is meant for you. Can, can you, Would you ever think about going on television for tattooing? And, um, yeah, would you you know, audition for this tattoo show. And so I went to the shop and I was like, you guys, I got, I got this, I got this thing. Do you think I should do it? Like, should I just go? And this is another fear, fear moment when I was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, well, fuck it. You know, cause in my mind, worst thing, probably the thing that that's going to happen is they're going to say no to me. Because first off, the first thing I thought of, I didn't understand TV at the time. Trust me, they don't give a fuck if you can tattoo <laughs> at the time. Maybe now. But at the time when tattoo TV shows were just coming out, it was more about personality and the way you looked and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't know that. I was only two years into the business and I was just like, mm, yeah, they're not going to choose me. So why not just fuck it? Let's just put myself out there. And so I felt the fear, did it anyway. Again, another time, just putting a little, another penny in the piggy bank of just trusting myself, trusting my intuition, trusting the fact that feeling uncomfortable isn't, is a, is a is the way to freedom, okay? Just putting these little little nuggets into my piggy bank of fear, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And so I did this. I did the audition. I got the fucking show. I said no to that show. It was like Tattoos After Dark and some shop in Venice and it was some stupid shit. And I was like, I don't want to put my name on it. Plus the lawyer that I was talking to was like, Reese, this is a terrible contract. Like you're going to be signing your life away for no money. And I was like, ah. and I also just didn't want to do it, I think, because I um, – I was so young in the business I was like, oh my God, I don't have my tattoos on TV. Like I suck. (laughs) And then so, yeah, so I got the, so I did it and I was like, oh, proud of myself, whatever. Started tattooing again. Another year rolls by. I get another call from the same casting director and he goes, okay, this is another show. It's something you may have seen before. It's called Tattoo Nightmares. We're making one for Miami. And I was like, oh my gosh, Tattoo Nightmares holy moly, I've seen that show, like whatever. So feel the fear, do it anyway. So I was like, I'm another year in, I feel a lot better about my tattoos. You know, at this time I think I'm into like watercolor and, you know, just, st- I just wanted to get into, at least get into color because I really loved color. Like I, that was at least in my mind, that was where my passion lied. And I was like, okay, let me just move to color and then I'll do like black and gray realism or try anyway. And, but I just want to do color. So let's just send color. Um, so I'm doing like whatever color tattoos at this time. Watercolor mostly um, because there was, there's flow to it. And I really love flow. I like, especially when it came to my paintings, the backgrounds of my realistic items always had like watercolor flow to it. Cause that's just how I was taught. And so so I go to this audition, I get to this place, and I see so many people. Oh, everybody from Ink Master. It was like, I think Ink Master season three had just gone out, and everybody's like, oh my gosh. Like, I remember seeing, gosh, I forget everybody's name, but it was like, I saw everybody, and I was like, oh. There was hundreds of artists at the, at this hotel, and I was like, there's no way. There's no fucking way. So What did I do? I was like, I'm going to drink some whiskey. So I started getting drunk off whiskey and, um, you know, ended up going into, uh, this, um, audition and just sending it just, and I, I was very pinup at the time. I dressed up like a pinup girl. I love the 1950s, like straight pinup, like from the hosiery down to the clippings in my hair were all real vintage. And I would spend a lot of money just to make sure my slips met the vintage of what I was wearing. Like, I, slips underneath my dresses, the things you couldn't even see, you know, to the bras, to the the clips, the hair clips, even to the curlers at night. Like, I used the 1950s style curlers to, to even to pin curl my hair. It was crazy. So I, you know, I had a look. I had a thing. Um, so I was in this, like, 1950s, like, day dress. And, um, I was kind of drunk off whiskey and, you know, there were a couple of stories they asked me to tell. They're like, Oh, what was the weirdest place you ever tattooed? And I remember just being like hiccuping and being like a dick. <laughs> so the vulgarity and the dichotomy between the look, the look I had just, I think sent it. I don't know why they chose me, but I get a call and they're like, Reese, you're going to Miami. So I fly to Miami. I am scared shitless. We've got Clint. Clint got rest your soul. We got noon. You know, I'm in this thing. I don't, I, I barely know how to tattoo. I'm just faking it till I make it, really. I was just like, had all this fake confidence and just continued to fake the confidence until I just felt better. But like these guys were so great. Like Clint was an amazing tattooer and he taught me so much. And, um, you know, and he helped me out so much. He even bought me my first, he bought me a, a like a really nice Cheyenne machine. And, um, Gosh, he's such a good guy. And uh, so it was like, got into this situation, feel the fear, did it anyway, put my tattoos up out there on television, like did all these things. And then I, the momentum started really going in my in my career. And it just started going and going. And so I ended up moving back to, um, after the show was like, after uh, we filmed it, I moved back to San Diego. And so I no longer worked for the shop over there. I started working for another shop called Lucky's Tattoo Parlor, which is a really famous shop in San Diego. And I actually knew the owner through my sister. So, um, started working there and was great because, you know, at the time I was paying 40%. So this is, this is the time where I'm starting to make actually kind of money because I'm like, i have been, you know, yeah, my career kind of went a little sideways, but like even being on TV, it didn't really get me that much clout. Like a lot of people think that by being on TV, it will help you out a lot. And don't get me wrong. It will. It definitely, definitely will. But there was, there was something in it that I was realizing I was like, okay, why am I still not getting the clients that I want? So this was like where I started to really, I was like, I'm trying to understand what the fuck, like social media, why this, why, how can I capitalize on this television show that I had just done? How do I get more people? And because we don't realize that the people watching TV doesn't necessarily mean they want tattoos. We also don't know that like what they're watching for. So and I was just putting myself out there in any way possible to get as much attention as possible. It wasn't – but it wasn't always the type of attention I wanted. You know what I mean? So we'll get into this a little bit more. So I am at this shop. I I have okay clients. Like I'm maybe like two weeks booked out um, with any tattoos that I could do because I was just trying to make money. I didn't understand anything about all my clients or the things that I teach everything everybody now in, my, in all of my coaching business and in my marketing and business, you know, for tattooers. And so – we get over there, I'm paying like 45% to them, which was great because I, you know, they there was all these newer tattooers, these, all these old school like Sailor Jerry style tattooers. And they had actually a bitter hold on some of the like habits and techniques. And so they were very kind to show me. And to be honest, you guys, like wh- whoever's out there um, listening to this, you know, the percentages that you pay to your shop, Um, yeah, it might sound sometimes like a lot, but you got to understand like what you're getting in return. Like I was getting a six figure plus piece of knowledge. Like I paid $40,000 a year in college, a year in college, which I'm still kind of paying for right now. And so it's like, I I spent that much money for things that like i I barely use, but I'm glad that I went and I learned it because now I have it for me in my arsenal of resources that I can always fall back on like business. I went to school for business. I went to school for finance. Like those things are in my arsenal as of right now. And now I teach business, you know, I teach business for tattooers. So it's like we have to understand that the people that we are surrounding ourselves with in these shops are actually, you know, teaching us things And this is a lot, a lot of money worth of knowledge. And so if this is where you're at and you're paying a percentage that you're like, okay, I am getting what I want in return, then stick around. But don't hate on the percentage or what it's being offered just because it's like, oh, you think it's taking so much money out of your pocket. Because at the time, 45% was pretty, was actually better than standard because 50% was normal. And then i have even paid 60. So I was like, 60% is way overboard. Like I don't, I think for me, I think that's, that doesn't even feel good to my soul to even ask for that from anybody. So like, I didn't want anybody asking that of me. And um, 40 to 45% felt really nice because I felt like they were not only bringing me, you know, they were helping me grow my clientele. Um, but it was also all the knowledge I was learning from the tattoo shop. So this is what I was paying at the time. I think I was making maybe like $3,000 a month. And, um, this was maybe third, fourth year into my tattoo business. Um, and so like, that was really good to me. I was like, wow, I'm making three to $4,000 a month. I'm almost making, uh, you know, like I, I'm getting to like the 50 K range of things. This felt good. I was living in California. So it was also, like I had a roommate at the time. So this was also like, it felt like. I was able to save money and, you know, but I didn't have any health insurance. Yeah, I, I was very cheap about everything at the time because I'm, you know, money hoarder and I also didn't have a good relationship with money. So until later, but keep going with the story. So I, I'm working for this company over here, trying to understand how to market myself at the time. What I was doing was I was doing a lot of like modeling. I was like, oh, well. I got a sexy body. I work hard for this body. Let me show it off. Maybe this will give me the more attention that I need in order to grow my clientele so that I can do more pieces that I want to do. Because I didn't understand how to attract the people I wanted to attract. All I knew was that more attention meant more people, meant more followers, meant more clients which is not the case. However, I didn't know that. So I'm doing what I can because nobody teaches you this shit. Nobody teaches you how to do these kinds of things in tattooing. They're like, here's a machine and fucking go. So here I am doing this thing. Um, you know, I'm starting to grow my clientele. I think I'm about like maybe three weeks in advance kind of doing tattoos and like saying no to certain things, like no more tribal, no more lettering. I was terrible at lettering, um, you know, and – to be honest, like none, none of those things even like lit me up. It was more just like how much money can I make in a day? Like it started just to become like, cool, I'm doing cool art. I'm giving cool energy. I've always been a pretty positive human being, but there was always the back of my mind, like how much, how much money can I make? Because I always had goals. So I was like, okay, what are my financial goals? And I always thought that like these next financial goals would bring me some sort of fulfillment or happiness. And so I was like, again, with the fulfillment and happiness. I was still reaching outside of me at, by the time I was 26, you know, 27, eight area of my life. And still reaching outside of me because I didn't understand that it comes from within. So financial goals were the only things that I knew how to understand. My mom, I was always brought up to be like, make your own money, rely on no man. That's, that's what I was brought up to, to think and work hard. I'm living in a patriarchal society that says, work your ass off and you'll make something of yourself. If you don't, you're fucking lazy. So it's like, that's that was my mentality. Like a lot of money meant success and happiness. Um, Work your ass off. That was the only way you could get it. And yeah, so this is where I'm at. And so I'm trying to get as much attention as possible on social media. These were all my mindsets. These were all my beliefs at this time. Yeah, I'm traveling around the world for tattooing because I was on TV and... But like at the same time, like I just my my tattooing actually began to kind of suffer because I was doing all of the stuff I was trying to do and do and do. And I was also getting caught up in the party scene of tattooing. Um, if you guys haven't been in that party scene yet, you will, you'll see it. There are definitely different parts to the industry where there's like a fuck ton of partying. And, um, you got like the big, big dogs that are partying a fuck ton. And then you've got like the big dogs that realize that they no longer want to party and do all this stuff or whatever. So it's like, I got into the huge party scene because I was like, fuck, I'm, I'm traveling the world. I'm in Brazil. I'm in Ecuador. I'm in Argentina. Like I've traveled all over the States. I'm starting to go to Europe. Like these were all the places I was going to. I had a, I had a manager at the time. And, um, she was helping out a lot with that as well, because I was, since I had been on TV, it was easy to kind of like promote this. And, um, yeah. And I started meeting a lot of people. So I started piggybacking on them. And so it's just, it was like, I was like, let's network. We party with these people. We network, we network, we, um, we, we do as much like risque things on social media because I'm an alternative model now, quote unquote. And, Um, so yeah, more body stuff means more followers, means more clients. And that's like, that was the goal. So it was always just more and more and more and more. And, um, you know, gosh, like I think I hit 29 and I was, my art started to suffer a fuck ton. Like my, I started to notice that like my artistry wasn't like, getting better. I wasn't evolving. And at the time, too, I had been traveling so much. I decided to kind of be, like, almost a full-time travel tattooer that I ended up moving out uh, from Lucky's. And I worked there maybe a couple years, maybe, like, a year and a half or so. And then opened up my own private studio, which... Private studio life is great because, yeah, I got to keep 100% of my money. Awesome. But not really because my rent... And supplies and all of these things. So it still felt like I was paying at least 35% into the business or 40% really into the business because I had to pay for all the taxes and all this other stuff and whatever nonsense. And so, um, and I, I, I got the added on stress, which we don't realize how much money stress is. Like we don't realize how much money stress is to like how much peace How much peace costs? Because my peace to run my own business by myself, be in a private studio by myself, was shot. Like I, you know, like I had always been answering my own emails and things like that, but like ordering all those tattoo supplies, making sure everything was up to date, you know, cleaning and all this stuff. Like we had a shop guy that cleaned after us and did all these things, and we tipped him out. And so, like all of these extra added things that I had to do. Weren't that big of a deal. Really good at what I did. I was just like, cool. Not a, not a big deal. But there is a level of cost that comes with it. And um, at the time, you know, I was so unwilling to give up my money because I didn't have a good relationship with money. I was a hoarder of money. I was like, no, I can't. I can't. It can't leave me because I'm afraid it won't come back. And that was my mindset. Didn't know that at the time, but that was what it was when I started to dig deep and. This is, again, this is, this is the belief at this time. I'm also, my artwork is suffering because I don't have anybody around me. I don't have anybody around me to teach me things or to push me or to motivate me or inspire me. So, you know, there are pros and cons to having a private studio. Um... Yes, I got to make my own hours. Yes, I didn't have to, you know, I got to be wherever I wanted to be whenever I wanted to be there. I get to leave after a tattoo if I didn't want to be at the shop anymore. Totally, totally. Okay. So great, 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 great stuff. But it didn't ever motivate me. So my artwork began to suffer because I was partying. I was also working by myself, like alone in a studio. And, you know, and then I just wasn't evolving. And so I was like, okay, what else do I need to do? So. I said yes to a tattoo sh- tattoo show that um honestly not really proud of that I did I'm not even going to name it because it's awful <laughs> but like I said yes to another TV show even against my own inner wisdom and inner judgment because I was like okay I need to get out there more like social media is like going slow I mean I'm blowing up I had like 20,000 followers at the time and I just didn't understand why I wasn't booked out more why I felt like I couldn't raise my prices and that had nothing to do with anybody outside of me. That had everything to do with my self-worth. So here we go. We're learning all these fucking things. And, um, and you know, and it was like, why am I getting all these followers but nobody wants to get tattooed and everybody's trying to nickel and dime my ass? They're trying to be like, oh, well, Reese, like – why don't you do this tattoo for me because you are a tattoo artist like you should be wanting to do this tattoo and it made me feel bad so I took on things that made me feel bad and because I didn't want to let people down because I was such a people pleaser so I was doing tattoo styles that I didn't want to fucking do just to make sure I made money because I was afraid that money was I didn't really believe money was like abundant and in unlimited resource and that I could just make it easily to me and it came to me easy it was just like no I was like oh my god I'm gonna lose money if I don't take everybody on if I don't make everybody happy I'm gonna lose success if I'm not constantly working and doing and doing and doing and yeah my artwork's suffering but I don't have time to to focus on my craft because I'm over here trying to travel and network and do all these other things. Plus, I'm partying, so I'm not waking up feeling super fucking great. So I'm not taking care of my body. I'm not taking care of the vessel that I've, you know, said I would take care of when I entered this this life in, in this in this body and soul. And so I just, um, yeah. So everything began to suffer. And after this television show, I, I was like yeah, like there was a moment there where like, I just didn't believe that I was going to want to tattoo anymore. I didn't think it was my path anymore. I, I went on this like huge yogic spiritual um, uh, path where I was like, I'm stopping. So I actually stopped tattooing for like five, six months. I was like, just trying to refine myself. I could, I got myself into a really bad way with drugs and um, alcohol where I was like, I woke up one day not remembering where I was. And I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm, I'm going to kill myself if I continue on this path, but I don't know what else to do. And I'm not happy and I'm not fulfilled. And I don't know. I just, I look great on the outside. Everybody's looking out, looking in my highlight reel all the time because, you know, I I hid behind my smile. I hid behind the the positivity and I just, you know, it wasn't that I was hiding. It was more like I was hoping to bring myself out of it by being so positive. And it wasn't working because I wasn't focusing. I didn't, wasn't listening. I wasn't listening to the inner wisdom that is my body. And that is my my inner inner everything telling me like, hey, Reese, like, here's your sign. This is the time. You need to stop what you're doing. We need to change things around. And so I went on this huge yogic spiritual you know, journey and, um, you know, went to yoga teacher training, did my like 300 hours in that and really learned so much about the spirituality of things. And I didn't realize like how spiritual I was because I didn't know what to call it. Like my sister had sent me something so random because she's not even like this. She's not like, like super spiritual at all, but she sent me like the, um, the secret. And that was when it like all kind of started to click. I was like, okay, okay, there's so much more. Like I'm not the only one creating my fucking destiny. I am a co-creator of this fucking life, this destiny I have. I, I, it's really nice because I don't have to blame anything outside of me for the reasons why I'm not happy. It's everything about me. So that's something I can control, which made me feel really empowered actually, instead of feeling like, oh, I didn't want to victimize myself. I was like, let me get out of the victim mentality of this. So, um, I started to, I put down all the alcohol, no more drugs, no more alcohol, everything's done. I'm I really started to focus on my body and my vessel taking care of that so that I can really like show up as the best artist. Um, I started really investing into my education. So I had gotten like courses. I started doing more seminars, like just going to them and seeing what was up. And it was like I learned a lot, but not that it wasn't even just about the learning aspect of it. Like it was more about the inspiration. Like when we get inspired by something, we're like, oh fuck, like I feel more creative. I feel like I can evolve in this, in this type of mind frame. And so that's like the funny part is that, you know, in the last three years, um, being in this mindset of like, I have to constantly create for my highest self. How do I do that? So I started doing, learning more about rituals, like meditation and my exercise is something huge for me. And, um, And it was like, I did a lot of reading. I started investing in a lot more books of personal development. And so I started to really understand that my artistic crafts and my business and all of these things actually revolved more about the way that I thought about myself, the way that I I lived my life, whom I tried to embody. Before I was trying to embody this bigger than life, rock star, on TV, sexy, like fucking thing, which is great, which is totally great, but I knew innately it wasn't me. I just doing it because I thought that that would get me more attention, more money, more clients, that kind of thing. And so I was chasing all of these things outside of me in order to fulfill something that was inside of me that couldn't be fulfilled from anything outside of me. So, as I started to understand this my own psychology and I started to really dig deep, and started to understand that my peace, my personal well-being, was a part of my business, and the, the that was the that belief had to change so drastically in order for me to put money into it because I was not there was no way I didn't spend money on anything unless it was for work, and that meant like iPads and things like that. It never meant therapy or you know coaching or anything like that. Like I even, like, I would watch videos of people tattooing and stuff like that. It was, like, even those things, like, it was still very cheap. Like, I would still do it on the cheap level. And so, um, because I didn't realize that, you know, there's a lot of self-worthiness about all the things that are happening and all the things that I'm choosing. Because I'm choose making choices based off a belief that is actually holding me back. So there's this fear of – and so where, where I was always, like, okay, feel the fear and do it anyway – This is when it got really scary because at the end of the day, I was like, fuck, like now that I know that I can't be fulfilled with anything outside of me and everything's inside of me and the only way that I can fulfill those areas is to heal the parts of me that need to be seen. And those were the parts I was escaping with through work, through drugs, through drinking, through sexiness, through sex, through, you know, all of these things that, I thought made me feel powerful and all it did was make me feel even more small and even less fulfilled and so the scariest part to this whole fucking story wasn't the actual doing of anything it was the actual digging and the healing and the being and sitting with the person that I was and had to heal those parts of me in order to become the person I want to be to embody the, the artist that I wanted to be, the entrepreneur that I wanted to be, the person that was so self-serving in the past. Everything I did was based on serving myself. Everything was felt selfish, even though there was a lot of goodness that I had given. Like, I'm not knocking that. Like, I, I'm, I'm a good, innate, innately, I believe everybody's fucking good, has a good heart. But I just know that like, you know, I, I, was, I, I was a good person. I just didn't understand what I was doing. You know, we don't know these things. It's, there's, no, there's no reason to berate ab- anything about it. So don't berate yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. I've learned a lot of compassion for myself and for others. And so it's just like, I'm learning all these things about me that is so self-serving. And the reason why I wasn't feeling fulfilled was because everything was so self-serving. And then when I realized that like my fulfillment actually was going to come out of serving others, but the only way I knew how to serve others was by healing myself, was becoming the the inspiration, was become was like teaching by being the, you know, it's like um, teaching by being the thing. It's like basically like. Uh, basically what I needed to do was in order to help my help others was I needed to help myself. And so that like, it's like, I just wanted people to be inspired by the fact that I was doing that work for myself in order to become a better artist, a better person and all these things. So that's the way that we actually serve people. So it's actually, there's a lot of self, there's a lot of service to ourselves in it. But because we are embodying this new way of being this new artist, whatever it is, we become we become that energy, and that energy exudes out of us, and it inspires others to look within themselves or to do the same, whatever they're doing, whomever they look up to. It's like leading by expe- by example. That's what I was doing. You got to lead by example in order to, you know, change the world. So you have to be the example. How do you do that? You got to fucking dig, and got to face the fear. And this was one of the bigger fears. It was like, okay, not only do I have to go deep inside of me. I didn't really understand how to do that. So I had to feel the fear of like, well, fuck, I got to, I got to, I got to invest some money in this and investing money was really scary to me, especially in something personal. But when I, when I thought of it as like my personal shit, my personal well being, my personal growth, my personal development was a part of my business. Then it became a lot easier for me to, to invest in and trust me, fuck, I would spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think I have already on my own personal development because I believe in it so much. I believe in my growth and that that, that's what's going to take me from where I am now to where I want to go. And so this was feeling the fear. So I started investing in like therapy and energy healing and stuff like that. And once I started doing that, it started to really open up inside of me where I started to embody this this human that was like, man, like I'm starting to trust myself. I'm starting to realize that my worthiness doesn't come from outside of me, that, that the relationship I have with money is surrounded by worthiness. And that actually money is a fucking abundant and we can have it when we just put that energy out there because money is just energy. It's just a tool. And if I can, if I can really just understand what I'm going to do with this money, put it, give it purpose. Oh, I'm going to make this money because I'm going to help my family do this, make this thing da 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 in order to help more people. Like that's where it's at. So that's when I started saying no to projects that didn't light me up because when I wasn't tattooing in the space, in the place of my highest creative self, I wasn't putting out that good energy, which means I wasn't not only giving good energy to the people that deserved it, especially since you were paying me money, but it's also putting out that energy that I'm not worth, I'm not worth um, the tattoos that I want because I don't believe I'm worth it because I don't believe that I'm worth it. So I'm taking on tattoos that don't light me up because I don't believe I'm worth the tattoos that light me up. That's what you're saying. That's what you're telling the universe with that energy. So I stopped doing that because I was like, fuck, that scared me too, because I was like, I'm not gonna make money. But then I had to like really, anytime those thoughts started coming up, I had to like say to myself, tell my inner child, talk to myself and my psyches, be like, okay, I am worth it. I am worth waiting for. And I believe that I will make it through this. I know I will make it through this. Why? Because I have the universe has my back. I have my back. I have my back. And that's the only person that's got my back. It's got me. It's got the universe. Whatever you want to think of God, whoever, whoever it is you're looking up to. But there is definitely a higher power for me. And in this situation, that's why I believe That's I'm so spiritual about that because energy is energy. We're all just vibrating on frequencies and which frequency we vibrate on is the one that we're going to get back to us. And I want to be vibrating up here, baby. Like I want this shit. I want up high above my head at all times. And if I can embody that frequency, then I'm always going to be attracting things that are meant for me. Always. And I'm always just going to trust that no matter when it comes, that it's going to be meant for me at that perfect time because divine timing is all the time. Every step that I take, every move that I make, every thought that I have is divine timing. Because we can choose to react in a certain way during those times. We can either react as a victim or we can react as an empowered person. And I always want to react as an empowered person. Even when shit hits the fan, I'm like, all right, what was this meant to teach me? How am I supposed to learn from this? What can I do to evolve in this moment? And that's that's where I'm at 24-7. But It takes work. And it took a lot of fear to not only invest actual money into this stuff, but then... to to dive deep into it and to really sit with myself and not escape through drinking or TV or numbing or whatever numbing shit is out there that will numb me so that I don't have to think about the thoughts that I'm thinking anymore. But I know that in those thoughts, what's happening is that these are opportunities for me to grow and change and shift into a better person. Why? Because my purpose now is serving of others. My purpose now is like, okay, well, how 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 do I spread this love? How do I spread this energy out? And that's when, you know, two years ago, I decided to become a coach so i I'm in my private studio. I'm learning all these new things about myself. I'm attracting one artist, Colin came in, and he was only like a year into tattooing, and then i I brought in Jackie, who was never had never tattooed. she became my apprentice. And so I had these two artists who were really looking up to me. So now I was like, I have a purpose. Like these guys, like I need to be a good example for these motherfuckers because I don't want them to have to go through 10 years like I did in order to figure all this shit out. I want them to be successful now. How do I be that person for them? And so I opened up a shop. I opened up a public studio and um started like growing with them like they (laughs) they are my babies. they they've been with me through everything I couldn't be who I am today without them like I couldn't be who I am today without them that's why I said you guys like having a private studio is great but when you start to become that leader when you start to realize like okay I want to go out on my own because I want to lead myself that's leadership mentality that means that you're like okay well since I want to go off on my own, I obviously believe that I can, I've got this, but like it also is leading you in a direction that maybe it's opening you up to lead others. And when we're opening ourselves up to lead others, we gotta do a lot of fucking digging because we don't we. It's a it's a responsibility. Like I would never want them to think or do or whatever the things that I had in my twenty five year old self as they are now at twenty five. So it's like no. Let me help them shift their limiting beliefs. Let me help them do all these things by doing it for myself first. Because I know that like the only way that I can tell someone else to do something is by leading by example. Because I can't tell anybody to do anything. I can't tell you to stick with me and believe in my dreams. I just need you to see me embody it, see the work that I'm putting in and believe in that. And they do. They fucking do. And they love me and I love them. And so I had these two kids and I was just like, okay, let's go ahead and, um, you know, open up the shop together. They were super excited jumping on this with me. And then I also was like, fuck you guys, I want to be a mentor. Like I want to teach something. And this is when, you know, at the time I was starting to kind of understand social media. I was like, okay, I just need to be putting posting the work that I need to be posting in order to get more of what I want to tattoo. I got to say no things that don't light me up. And so this is all coming to a forefront, but I'm not really thinking, oh, I'm going to teach social media. Like that never came to mind. I wanted to teach mindset. I wanted to teach mental health, but I was like, how do I bring that to tattooing? Like, how do I bring this into this industry? And so as I started to embody more of my spirituality, I wasn't really even talking about it at that time. I was like kind of spiritual, sprinkling it here and there, but I was still I still had a lot of work to do, inner work to do in order for me to really be like, I'm going to full send it. Like I was still afraid to be judged online for who I was becoming and evolving and changing. And, you know, I was still trying to evolve and change in my style, my tattoo style, so that I could say no to certain things. So I was like, okay, we got to just say no to things. Like this is the first step. Then we can get into the teaching. And when I started getting into teaching – I went to, I invested a fuck ton of money. I think it was like 15 grand into this like group coaching, da, 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 da. And this was like the most money I'd spent ever on anything. And this was a group coaching situation. So it wasn't even, it was just like I was with a group. And then I went, since I bought into it, I went into, went to these huge events, like Tony Robbins style events. And this is where I started to get really inspired because all these people were like me not tattooers but they were all like I want to help people and I want to coach people and I want to do this and I was like yeah this is I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid bro like I want to do this too and this was again so I was making what 3000 to 4000 dollars a month then I I had opened up my shop which brought me a lot of a lot more passive income which brought my income to probably anywhere from like 200 to 250 and I'm still working like 6 days a week at this time the kids are still learning so they're not doing they're not, they're pulling in weight, but I'm still the main breadwinner of the shop and everything. So I'm making like 200 K, you know, around that area at this time. And then and this is like, what, like maybe four, four years ago, three or four years ago. And so, um, so I'm like, Two years later, I get to this point where I'm like, I want to be a coach, but I don't know what kind of coach I want to be. And then I go to this influencers workshop, which was with all these people there. And I met this hairstylist who teaches hairstylists how to do social media. And she's like, you should teach tattooers how to do that. And I was like, "Well, I mean, OK, uh, I'm I, I know how to do social media, but I didn't have structure in it. So I was like, OK, so full send thousands of dollars later with all the coaching for social media, started teaching social media. And it started to be, I was like, okay, so there were two things that happened. One, One was that a lot of people did not like it. They were like, Reese, stay in your lane. Like, especially old school tattooers. They were like, I don't even fucking try. Don't teach business. Don't even do it. This is stupid. And then I had my next fear, fear feeling. So a fear that I was putting this out in the universe. Fear that I was kind of touching on my spirituality and touching on who I authentically was. And then there was also fear on launching. So this was the next level thing that I was doing. I was like, launching, wow, okay, launching. Like, how do I launch a product I've never done before? How do I do this? So again, more investing in money. So I'm thinking I'm about 50 grand into my investing of things at this point. And that's a lot of money. Because like, you know, I didn't, every, every penny I made was back to the shop, back to the kids back to everything else besides myself like that there was no money for really for me for Reese to go and do whatever she wanted like I was still wearing I'm still I still wear my high school clothes because I choose to want to fit in them so I don't have to spend any more money (laughs) in clothing so um so I'm like understanding launching and now launching is putting me Back into the self-worthiness box because like only five people signed up for the first one and I, I was like oh my gosh nobody wants this like what am I doing wrong and I didn't realize that it was nothing I was doing wrong it was it was my divine journey I needed to go through these things to learn more about myself in order to embody the coach I wanted to be in order to get over these humps of worthiness and um holding such expectation on things, you know, and it was just like these moments, all these growth moments happening for me. And then this is when I started getting good at coaching. I was like, okay, I'm going to get good at this. I'm going to get better at this. These five people, they're going to get the best out of me, these five people. And then the next launch happens, five people. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like I thought I'm doing better at this. And and I was just like, okay, so what's the structure? So I started taking coaching on launching and email lists and, and email marketing and email campaigning and got really good at that. So I'm great at structure. But what we don't realize as artists, as as, as educators, as coaches or whatever it is that you want to be in this industry. So after, you know, so at leaders, really leaders as well. It's like, you could have all the structure that you want a, B, C, D, and it'll get you places. I'm not gonna lie. it'll get you places. But when you don't embody you embodying the word embody, people don't really understand. it's when you believe that you are the thing that you are selling. you know you are the thing that you are online. Like again, I had to shed the layers and shed the layers and shed the layers and literally get butt fucking naked to myself to show all the parts of me that believed certain things that were holding me back in order to release those beliefs, create new beliefs, and constantly continue to, you know, ingrain it into my mind with with habits and and rituals and things like that. And it started to become where now it was like every day I was feeling uncomfortable. Every day I was showing up more authentic and more myself and it was becoming hard and it felt tough. And then there was this one day where I was like, holy fuck, like here was this breakthrough. It was like, I was in the shop with the kids. I'd just gotten, i had finally decided that I needed to invest in abundance um, an abundant help, which was like I needed to get um, an assistant, I needed help, and then that help ha- created more peace within me so that I could create better, so that I could create better tattoos, um, better, um, just better courses and things like that. Hey, goose, goose, stop. No, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, and you know, it's just like basically creating um, Like just becoming my creative highest self, so more help was necessary. It was also, um, and I also had another tattooer that came into my space. So it was obviously that I was all this releasing I was doing. I was allowing for more things to come to me. So like the five people that kept signing up for my courses, I was like, I didn't really understand why there was only five. It's because we we only have so much capacity to hold into ourselves. If we don't release the things that are inside of us we can't invite more things inside of, in, into us, into our space. And so the more I started to release, the more things started to come to me. And I was just like, okay. And the more I started to vibrate higher because I was like, okay, I'm releasing these beliefs about myself. I am, I am becoming these new beliefs that I am, that, 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 I'm, that I'm adopting. And now more things are coming. So this next launch after, so not only am I teaching launching to my artists, because I'm like, listen, Your books are opening. Even if you don't have books open all the time, here are your books opening. We're gonna create these things for you. So the 45 or 40% that they pay me now is starting to realize that they're like, wow, Reese, because I I've got them assistance. I've got them launching. Like we do all of their launching, we do all of their emailing lists. If they don't want to check their emails, they don't have to. If they don't want to check their DMs, they don't have to. I make sure that they have all the supplies they ever will need. I take them places with me, they believe in my dream. Like, this is me becoming the leader. This is the reason why they are sticking around and they stuck around for so long. It's about like creating the dream, but embodying your dream and people being in that energy and wanting to be a part of that dream too. They see it in you and they want to be a part of it. That's what a shop is all about. It's supposed to be inspiring people to want to grow, change, evolve, and shift. And so that's why my kids stay with me. So that's why in my coaching, I'm like, okay, let me. Help people understand these these things we need to embody as leaders, as educators, as artists, in order to grow. So I'm teaching them how to launch. I'm also teaching them their mindset, and so I'm becoming the leader in this. So it became from me being a tachypreneur entrepreneur by myself, making three grand a month. Then it became me with a shop and making about two to fifty, going on to three k a month. And then now as an educator, I'm helping other tattooers do all these same things. Now I'm a tattoo artist, a tattoo shop owner, and a tattoo educator, coach, and mentor. Now I'm in this abundant state of half a million dollars. And I reached that in 2021, which is crazy because I wasn't even doing that much coaching in 2021. I was still trying to embody because 2021 was still my first year, year and a half into the coaching biz. And then I've embodied it so much to the point where this year, my first launch, my first launch of the year, not only the most people signed up, but also my biggest launch because I raised my prices because again, I had to dig deep. I had to, d- to find it, find the area in me where I still felt that I wasn't totally in my worth, that I wasn't innately worthy of all the things that I wanted without any, without having to do anything without having to be anything more, just being my own authentic self. And when I started to realize that, when I started to embody even more, my first launch of this year was the best launch I've ever had. I made $86,000 in this launch. And one launch in three months for coaching. I, I've been tattooing three days a week because I also raised my prices because I knew that my worth was worth it. And as I'm understanding all of these things, as I'm understanding this worth, by my first quarter, I'm already, I've already made over, I think, 200 grand um, from the shop, from the coaching, um, and this is just cash in the bank. We're not talking about any, because like some of my coaching is like, we do it on a monthly, like you can do pay, monthly payments. And so it's like just cash in the bank. I was already at like 175000 bucks in the first quarter of the year which is way more than I've ever made in my whole life. And it's also, I've worked a lot less, which is fucking crazy because I've decided that my priority is me. Gustav, my priority is me. I need to be the priority. If I'm not constantly creating, checking in with myself, my own inner wisdom at all times, constantly listening to her, not doing more, being productive in the being because being is a part of my business because I am getting abundant help I'm I'm hiring assistants. I am saying, hey, my money is a tool. I'm not meant to hoard it. Let's spend this money so that we can receive more in because we have purpose for my money. I also don't have any expectations. Hey, if this launch, whatever. I went into this launch without any expectation. I didn't cry about it. We can get into launching a little bit later and a little bit more in depth in its own podcast episode. But like I launched this thing. I launched, you know, like I launched my opening of my books, 500 emails within five fucking minutes sold out within two seconds, only working three days a week, doing all the tattoos I love doing, making $20,000 about roughly a month with just my tattoos. I mean, all that money goes back into the shop and all that money goes back to them and everything like that so that they can travel and do all these things. But that's my mindset. It's because I care. Like it's not about the money at the end of the day. It's how many people can I fucking impact at the end of the day. The money just comes with that mindset. So that's where I'm at. Like, even if you are just a tattooer, you don't want to be a coach, you don't want to be a tattoo shop owner. If your mindset is there helping the people that you are impacting with the, with your unique brand of medicine, which is your tattoos, bro, sis, you guys are going to do it. If that's your mindset, because you will always constantly be choosing, making yourself a priority so that you can show up in your highest self, which vibrates on a frequency of such a high level which puts that energy out there, which only brings back more of that money, which is that, which is that physical manifestation of the frequency that you vibrate on. So that is my story in a nutshell. That is why I'm telling you, hey, feel the fear, do it anyway. But there's a lot of fear in being. <laughs> there's more fear in being than actually doing. Because we do and do and do and do and think that things are outside of ourselves when we really, when we go in and in and in, the scariest part is about learning who we actually are and having to take responsibility for the things, the for the life that we've, we've come to this point as. And I'm saying it's not your fault. Nobody's fucking fault. It's not your parents' fault. It's nobody's fault. We are only given the tools that we have come to with this life, the resources that we have, all the societal conditioning, all the... Uh, your upbringing, what your parents were taught, ancestral. If you believe in past lives, which I do, it's like ancestral, um, you know, conditioning and trauma and things like that. And everything around you that you've experienced that creates trauma and beliefs within you, that's what you've come up to until this point. But if you're listening to this, then that means that you can change. And that's the scary part people don't want to change. They want to stay in their comfort zone by doing and doing and working and working and more and more and patriarchal society of hustler, fucking no sleep, all this stuff. When really the more sleep we get, the better we create, the more I can, I can be abundant and be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to hire another fucking, uh, you know, another assistant. I have one VA. I have one assistant. We're hiring another assistant. Um, I choose to not do the things that don't, that aren't in my zone of genius. Why? Because I choose to spend all my money on things where I'm like, Hey, if this is not going to help me be creating in my highest self, then it's not for me. Hire someone else to fucking do it. That's, that's my mentality. Now it used to never be that way. It used to be like, no, I can do it all myself. I'll check all my own emails. I'll, I'll do all the own DMS. I'll do all these things myself because I'm afraid to lose money. But that's not the case. When we dig deep and we frequency and money comes. And so this episode was meant to lead you in a direction was meant to inspire you really just to say, Hey, like I've been there. I've been way there where I was doing to the point of bleeding eyes and just so caught up in things that just weren't meant for me to the point of having to evolve and how much that hurt. And it was so much growing pains and How much I cried, and how much I almost hated myself because I became this thing that I didn't like, and I was this person. And you know, cutting corners—I was cutting corners in my art because I was so tired. I didn't give myself enough grace and time. And now to this point of where I'm, you know, on my way to—I'm—we're projecting to be—I'm hoping, you know, sick over six hundred k by the end of this year. I'm expanding my tattoo shop. I'm expanding my coaching business. I'm, you know, I'm coaching, I'm tattooing. I'm I'm in all of my zones of genius, all the passions that I have, I have created for myself that I get to be in all the time because because of the inner work that I have done about worthiness and what and what I believe about myself and as an artist. And you know, what's funny is as I started to do all the inner work, I haven't done any seminars and I'm not saying that I won't do them or not saying you don't do them. You definitely want to do them. But like, I've already noticed how much better I've gotten in my technicality, in my tattoo work, in my artwork, because of the beliefs I have about myself, about how I know that I can do it. It's about intentionality. It's about being intentional with everything that I do. Now everything's intentional. Every thought I have, I'm like, okay, how can I help myself? This is intention. Because when we are intentional, it equates exponential growth. Hi, baby. I know. I know. You are You just want some love. I've been on this podcast episode for a long time. Um, But yeah, so we just want to be in, in it, baby. We just want to be intentional. We don't want to hold expectations. But we've got to feel the fear of just really sending it and really de- digging deep. Because the more you dig, the more you heal within yourself, the more impact you can make, the more space you create within yourself to have more, to build a tattoo shop, to be the educator, or just to attract more of the clients you want to attract to make more of that money that you want to make, to build that dream tattoo career that you that you want. It's not not doable. It's actually absolutely doable and it all starts with you. So I love you guys. I hope this episode was inspiring. I know it was a long one. I will see you in the next one.